0: Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is "kama."
1: These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise.
0: So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up.
1: Resistance is futile and we'll go where no man has gone before.
0: Greetings and welcome to the Computer Resume podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer, comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. Creator of Sitting with You on TikTok, former engineer of the USS Enterprise, seriously for real, and dungeon master from Another Mister, back for the second time. It's Michael LeBlanc. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> How
1: you doing, buddy? Oh man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back.
0: Oh, it is always so much fun to talk with you. Uh, I really enjoy our conversations about all things ink. And including Star Trek, like we <laughs> we just spent like the first half hour of this call talking about not Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> we but, definitely uh, uh,
1: we definitely have to gift gab together. That's true. Yes,
0: yes, absolutely. Peas in a pod, sir. Uh, but how how are things going with you? How's uh, sitting with you on TikTok? Like, what have you been up to? Catch us up, man.
1: So uh, since the last time that we've talked, I have had one, count them, one viral video uh, in which I uh, duetted somebody making uh, a comment that one of the filters on TikTok is on, is racially motivated, like it only pops up when somebody is a certain color, and I jump on there because the person who's duetting that, they, they were cussing, and my, my whole thing on sitting with you is PG-13, so I kind of play wow. off that, and right. so... I, I, go, I jump in and I go, oh, language, language. And then at the very end, uh, she makes uh, allegations towards the filter's mother that uh, she may be a lady of the night uh, in way, mm-hmm. uh, way, way more slanderous terms. She basically says, your mother's a whore. Um, and so <laughs> I joke, I point to my mom who is on my shelf in my house, uh, yeah. and I go, no, she's not. And it cuts right before it says not. People lost their minds. I'm at two million something views and, and whatnot. So, has my life changed since then? Absolutely not. Uh, it's, <laughs> been, <laughs> it's been it's uh, been it's been some steady growth. I'm almost up to 10k followers. But TikTok's not the only thing that I'm doing. You know, um, I've been doing uh, some writing exercises. I started a flash novel over on Wattpad just to kind of flex my writing muscle. Um, I've got the first draft of uh, a book almost completely done that, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Uh, and so what I did is all the things that I do, I even opened up a Tumblr cause I'm like, why not? I missed Tumblr back when yeah. it first came out. So I just put everything in a link tree. So it just made things a lot easier for people to smart. come find me.
0: Right. But, very smart. Yeah.
1: But it's, I, been, it's been fun. It's been very, it's been a creative few months
0: nice i i remember starting a tumblr and you know trying to come up with a catchy title and everything and i think i settled on oh my todd um
1: my
0: i think Love that it. was that was the one that i went with as opposed to the not quite pg-13 which was todd damn it um <laughs> that's not bad uh, Yeah, yes
1: you you know, i think you get four of those per episode before they shut you down so you're exactly. good
0: that's it. That's the, that's the rule. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, as opposed to like what my, uh, occurs my birthday is the day after Christmas. So every year I have a little party and the party has been, uh, lovingly titled Feliz Navidad. So nice. Nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember setting up a Tumblr. Those, those were kind of fun. I, I think I did a couple blog entries, but I, the writer in me, they were, Big dissertations yeah, about huge, pop probably. culture, yeah, and stuff like that. Um, we talked last time you were on about doing your memoirs yes. because you have such an interesting story. You served on the USS Enterprise, which I mentioned in the intro. You served on the actual USS Enterprise, which is where you learned to play Dungeons & Dragons, yes. which you did in the coffin room of the uss enterprise i was like if you get a snappy enough title people will start throwing large sums of money at you that uh, including me like that is such a great story i gotta ask have you worked on that at all like are so we, are so that's the
1: that? that's that's the book that uh i'm i'm pretty sure that i'm done with uh, a first draft i've been trying to figure out exactly uh you know how to how to segment it up and everything and mm-hmm. i have it uh, i have color coded between uh different people that i've talked to uh this snappy title that you have right now is just it's it's very informative it's playing dungeon it's playing dnd in the coffin room on the uss enterprise uh yeah <laughs> i don't know if it rolls off the tongue but it's definitely informative um and i'm <laughs> I, i'm looking forward on uh, uh on going forward to that and and seeing, you know, if it's going to interest other people too. So I'm going to have to get that in the hands of, I think so. uh, yeah. I think you got
0: a gold mine there, sir.
1: <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. I hope so. It came, uh, thank goodness for uh, national no- uh, novel writing month, NaNoWriMo, because uh, yeah. I was pushed with a bunch of uh, other authors in a discord to just, uh, hammer out words. Don't worry about spelling. Don't worry about diction. Don't worry if it even makes sense at first, get the words out and you can shape it later. And yep. because of that, by the end of November, I was probably what I felt to be like two or three chapters done. I spent December getting that done. And then I spent most of this month getting in all of the interviews that I got. I think I have four or five people that I interviewed to add color throughout the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I am so excited for that. Like I said, uh, you know, I think you're sitting on a gold mine, If nothing else from me alone, I would <laughs> gladly pay to hear that, to <laughs> read that story for sure. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, a wonderful uh, thing for folks' uh, personal libraries, and I'm really excited. Uh, I hope so. It, it felt very it much
1: like a work of passion too, while I was knocking it out. So I'm I'm excited yeah. about it too.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, um, so with everything going on, uh, have you kept up with uh, Star Trek, <laughs> especially like the new Trek? And have have you been able to? Uh, are you Are you pumped for Picard season three? <laughs>
1: I uh, got so excited about uh, jumping back into Trek, especially Trek that I never experienced. Cause I I mentioned during the uh, the last show, since we were in enterprise enterprise was airing while I was in the Navy. You know, my first few, you know, the, the whole season basically ran during the Navy. So by the time I got out, I I never experienced it. So I'm like deep into season two of that right now, uh, Mm. watching it from the beginning, going all the way in. Uh, I think I'm actually heading towards season three and uh sometime within there i also managed to finish season two of picard so season three is 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 tickling the uh is tickling my fancy i'm very much ready for that and uh it's been nice because i watched discovery when it first came out so it's been it was nice to kind of jump back into that and refresh myself for uh for this uh you know run that you're doing here so uh it's been i've been putting my paramount plus account through the ringer on my phone um nice <laughs> and it's uh i i don't i i unfortunately i i don't pay to get rid of commercials so you know i've been watching more commercials than i possibly want but that it gives me time to you know do other things and entertain my adhd while they tell me about the new ford ranger or whatever the heck they're advertising <laughs> these days
0: yeah yeah between that and uh Tide tied right. commercials and total right. serial oh commercials God. yeah <laughs> i hey just just to put it out there like I'm on the cheap plan too. like, (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got all that sweet, sweet podcasting money. (laughs) And I mean, when you when you combine that with the oodles and oodles of stand up comedy money,
1: you're rolling in it, my guy, you're rolling in it.
0: I'll be honest. I'm I'm what is known as poor. So (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) you didn't even give yourself the dignity to put air quotes. You just laid into it. I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Discovery's. It, it, I watched Discovery when it first, uh, when it first dropped as well. So this has been re, um, uh, this has been really fun to kind of go back and visit because it's it's weird to think like, oh, that was 2017, like that was right five years ago. Oh man, has it been that long? Yeah, yeah. You know, season five is about to come back out. So let's go back to your initial thoughts about discovery like when it first dropped because here we are we're still kind of at the front of this uh we're drawing closer to the end of well i think this is this is the end of season of the first chapter of yeah season one because season one was actually done in two parts um what were your initial thoughts when discovery first hit
1: the okay so the first episode um I remember the the imagery of it, but especially with uh, Michael being in the suit and she's you know basically hurtling through space right. like a like a photon torpedo. And I'm sitting yeah. there; the imagery alone caught me. Um, you know, this is right on the hill uh, heels of uh, the 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 Abrams uh, Spock and Kirk Star Trek, right? Yeah, yeah the the,
0: the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, right.
1: And so like. I'm digging the that that same kind of edginess and whatnot and the the soundtrack, it was blowing me away. And I waited until the the first season was like done done to to watch it because I wanted to I I wanted to binge. I wanted to binge. Of course. And I just I remember feeling like this is done out of love. Like it's done with a a sense of nostalgia mixed with all of the the new new technology that they could throw at it to give as much meat and as much homage to the past as well and it just it was uh it was a good mix in fact it reminded me of the first time i watched the force awakens uh which yeah uh yeah because the the opening scene alone with uh with kylo catching the the bolt out of the air you know and Just the the feeling of the stormtroopers all around you. You were you were put back into a universe with glitz and glamour, but not just to be showy, but to actually draw you in. And I loved it. And yeah. so the the whole thing going down, uh, all the way up to this episode that I've you know that I again rewatched today just to keep it fresh in my mind. It was a ride, dude. It yeah. was it. There was there was intrigue. You could tell that there was differences in between the writing between the episodes, but none mm-hmm. of it felt like jarring like it could have been
0: yeah yeah i think you you're hitting the net you're hitting multiple nails right on the head man it's you know (laughs) looking at um the aesthetic and I, i mean the aesthetic has kind of rubbed folks the wrong way of like oh the klingons look weird well if you actually go into the story that actually um developed through legacy trek and you know Got some answers there at the end of season four of Enterprise. I don't want to spoil it for you too much, but they kind of go into why the Klingons look a particular way in right. different eras of the franchise. And so knowing that moving forward, you're kind of it kind of helps you identify certain houses within the Klingon uh empire and sure. be like, oh, okay, so this. House was part of X, Y, or Z. You know, this one wasn't. Uh, this one was affected by this particular experiment, yada, yada, yada. And it really kind of it's it's a combination of both. Like we've got this aesthetic that has been uh proven in the Kelvin timeline that just finished earning us a whole bunch of money. So let's (laughs) let's keep that, let's keep that rolling. Let's make it look like the thing that earned us a lot of money but let's also tie it directly into established canon and all the way down to the uniforms. It's kind of cool to see these uniforms in discovery and the uniforms are just a small part of it, but the uniforms that are clearly a step away from the jumpsuits that they had on enterprise.
1: And I didn't respect that until after I watched that first episode or first three episodes of enterprise for your podcast. And I'm sitting there I'm like, those, those look really, why do those why do those suits look so familiar? And then watching it today, I'm like, yep, it's, it's, it's tied in there. It's not too far removed.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for, I I have a feeling most folks that have watched, um, you know, a lot of new Trek will uh, know what I'm about to say, but eventually we see something that is closer to the uniforms from TOS, eventually those will pop up, and again, we're we're seeing that progression. We're seeing this cohesiveness. You know, right. some sometimes it fits perfectly. Sometimes we have to give it a little nudge. Uh, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you're suspending
1: these... your, uh, you know, suspending your belief or it, your disbelief exactly. as it is.
0: <laughs> but you know, we've seen over the past few episodes. Dealing with Michael Burnham and the trauma that she endured, uh, you know, with what happened to her parents, which led her to Sarek, which eventually led her to Starfleet, which eventually culminated with the events of the Battle of the Binary Stars. Uh, but this one, I feel like Michael Burnham's journey takes a bit of a backseat to yeah. Ash Tyler's story. I totally agree to that. Yeah, but so before we get too much further into this discussion, let's get to this week's recap. Brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters Rev J, Jerry Antimano, Cosmic Crit, Kitty B, and David Willett. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert.
1: We're about to face the most difficult challenge we have ever attempted.
0: No other crew would have a chance to pull this off. Let's give them a taste of what the Discovery's capable of. I thought Klingons were honorable. Prove your worth. I accept your challenge, human. We have to abort now. We don't run from a fight. Star Trek Discovery Fall Finale Sunday. Discovery orbits Pavo while waiting for the Klingons to arrive. Terrell orders Lorca to retreat to Starbase 46. Saru objects, but Lorca ignores him and orders the course at warp, while using the time to figure out what to do about the sarcophagus and use the spore drive to get back once they have a plan. He orders Stamets to come up with an excuse for the spore drive's inoperability at the moment and, to Stamets' dread, to go to Doc Kolber for a complete checkup. And on that note, We cue the music. Saru and Burnham present an analysis of the Klingon invisibility cloak. Saru suggests putting sensors on the ship and studying it as it cloaks, which would take days to process the data, unless they have an overabundance of it.
1: Lorca wants to have Stamets perform 133 jumps. Kolber explains to Lorca that there's a problem with Stamets. Lorca again inspires him through his
0: explorer instincts to get it done. Stamets notes that there may be pockets that contain an alternate universe. That probably won't come back later. Lorca relents to Tyler's suggestion that Burnham accompany him on the mission on board the sarcophagus. Kolber prepares Stamets with additional gear to monitor him while vocalizing his objections. Lorca inspires the crew, the sarcophagus is detected, and the ship jumps there via spore drive. When the Klingons decloak, Burnham and Tyler beam over discreetly as the battle begins.
1: Sneaky, sneaky, sir.
0: They plant one sensor and begin to head to the bridge when they detect a human biosign on the ship. They hack a door and find Cornwell and Laurel. Burnham shoots Laurel, and Tyler falls, clearly affected and unresponsive. Burnham must place the second sensor, so she leaves Tyler with Cornwell, who tries to calm him. The Klingons continue to fire, but Discovery continues to jump, amidst Kolber's objections. Meanwhile, on the sarcophagus bridge, one officer says he detects a saboteur. Before Cole orders them to warp out of the system, Burnham makes herself known and challenges Cole's honor. Having not been involved in the Battle of the Binary Stars and stealing the sarcophagus, they begin to fight. Cornwell has to fight off some approaching Klingons. She hits one with a phaser, and Tyler finally comes to and kills the other. Meanwhile. Discovery finishes collecting the data they need and beams the away team back, plus Laurel as she jumps onto Tyler during the beam out. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> Lorca excitedly orders the ship to fire and Cole watches as his ship is destroyed. Finally, Cornwell safely arrives at Starbase 88. Terrell orders Lorca to head to Starbase 46 to be awarded with the Legion of Honor, and he's like, I don't care! Burnham finds Tyler in his quarters and talks to him about his reaction to Lorel, and Tyler reluctantly admits he had to give in to her to survive while he was a POW. Lorca finds Stamets in a shuttle bay and tells him he wants to give the award to him instead. Stamets states he'll jump them to Starbase 46, but then he won't jump anymore, and Lorca agrees.
1: Tyler has another dream about his intimacy with Lorel while in captivity. He confronts her in the brig and demands to know what she did to him. She
0: simply responds, soon. Stamets kisses Culber and enters the chamber to jump Discovery to Starbase 46. However, something goes wrong and Tilly reports an incomplete navigation sequence. Stamets collapses. Meanwhile, on the bridge, Saru says he can't find their location. Ooh, that's interesting. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited to tell you about this. Hey folks, it's your old pal Mr. Todd A. Davis here from the Computer Resume Podcast. Get ready to boldly go where, well, thousands have gone before. It's Trek Fest 38, yay! June 23rd and 24th in Riverside, Iowa. Hey! Is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Come enjoy all kinds of free activities for you and your whole family. This year's event will feature Chase Masterson from Deep Space Nine, some of the best bands in the area on the Riverside Casino and Golf Resort-sponsored main stage, food, Drinks, and yours truly will be doing some hosting and emceeing. I'll be upset if you don't come get a selfie with me. For more info about this year's Trek Fest, visit them on Facebook at Riverside Trek Fest or on the web at trekfest.org. That's T R E K F E S T.org. Riverside isn't just where the best begins, it's where Trek begins. Now, back to the show. So yeah, we see a lot of things happening here but uh you know I feel like the big bulk of what is uh really the main I mean outside of you know the A plot of them trying to deal with you know the Klingons and everything but I feel like the solid B plot I, or the most interesting you know point of uh story here and narrative is what's going on with Tyler. So let me get your initial thoughts about everything going on in this episode, but let's take a look at Tyler's stuff. What, what do you, what do you think uh, is happening with him and how are we, uh, you know, how is it addressed here? And what are your thoughts about, you know, what's, what's going on with Tyler? So as I mentioned
1: before, this is a rewatch. So yeah, I kind you yeah, know, so I, I kind of, I kind of see some things behind the, behind the a plot that i think i was kind of you know enamored with when i first saw it so tyler's whole story and his biological and mental reaction to probably going over there where he he shouldn't have been in the first place yeah. but no one no one really knew he was going to react the way that he did right and then you know you start to see uh you know the the clear telltale effects of PTA PTSD, which by the way, I also want to give uh props to the um special effects and directing apartment because I feel like they did a really good job on watching somebody like completely break in front of you. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't it wasn't just wide-eyed and him sitting there and shaking like there is the uh, like uh, the pupil reactions like he was in the zone of yeah. of horror and fear and and yeah being transported back to how he was feeling. So watching all that almost made it to the point where, you know, you feel uncomfortable because you're like treading on memories that are so deeply personal to him, but it's so important to tell the story too. So it's, yeah, you know, I, I felt like my, my skin crawled a little bit during some of the scenes and it, it was just visceral. Yeah. It's a good way to it, put it. Very visceral.
0: Yeah. I'll, 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 um, uh... Pepper, in uh, my own thoughts, Uh, echoing uh, everything you just said, I thought it was a really some they made some really interesting choices uh, with the sound design and with the look of what it is to have um, flashback. Um, But but that internal that internal struggle, how do you how do you visualize that? What what does that how do you convey how do you accurately convey that? to a third party the audience right. and i thought they made some really great decisions um uh shazad latif uh, who plays tyler uh amazing performance wonderful yeah. wonderful performance and i think this kind of starts um uh, that ball rolling again uh in the franchise in the timeline of talking about someone who i mean tyler's coming at it very much as as we've been led to believe up to this point as a prisoner of war. Yeah. Um. Not too long after this, we see that it's, it's a little bit more in that, that he suffered. Um. He, he was, he was in a very, um. it, it was, in, it was them commenting on toxic and abusive relationships, which right. Star Trek has never shied away from talking about these types of things. Um, but I, as far as I know, uh, in you know, thinking about it in the last five seconds, um, (laughs) I don't know that they've ever presented it as, uh, as as they, I don't know that they've ever presented it from a male character's perspective. It's always been, it's always been Seven of Nine to Paul, uh, Yeoman Rand, uh, Deanna Troy. Oh God. Yeah. The list keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the list is extensive. Um, but here we're seeing it that here, we're seeing the important notice. And, and I have, um, uh, you know, I'll spare the gory details, but I have people in my life who, um, not female who have been in abusive relationships and have suffered at the hands of someone. Um, and it's, it's important for folks to realize that it's, uh, that abuse is not gender specific. It and is I, and I, not. Yeah. And this is, this is Star Trek. I feel doing a wonderful job of bringing these issues to light and letting some of, letting some of these things sink in. Um Again, it's, you know, I've spoken with enough veterans here on the show and have friends that are veterans and, you know, have heard, Uh, you know, that have been willing to share their stories with me and things like that. And again, you know, other folks from my own life that have uh, clued me into their experiences where this is something that it's, that is so, so damaging. Um, But do you have anything that you would be willing to discuss with us in terms of the PTSD aspect of military service and um you know I I came through school with a bunch of guys who ended up serving and of course 9 11 was my senior year so our generation that was that was that was the war sure that was the sure you know, that was the big call to arms as it were um for our country and uh that particular generation my generation um can you can you speak to any of that is there anything you'd be willing to share with the audience to kind of further enlighten them on what tyler is feeling and going through right now well
1: uh okay from a military standpoint there's a reason and i actually uh a lot of this is is fresh in my mind as i was uh, putting together my memoirs uh there's a reason why i chose the navy and there was a conversation with my father uh that outlined why i would be choosing that particular branch of service and i did a lot of mental calculations to arrive at it and I figured that if I was on a ship and I ever become a POW, something really bad happened. And so, yeah. Yeah. doing the doing the math, uh, that's why I chose that. I figured, okay, I'm going to be in a boat. I'll be safe. I'll be out to sea. And I'll be honest with you for my for my four years, I don't think anything really bad happened to me that was possibly military related. I. I fought depression I had a change of faith uh, my marriage suffered uh, and possibly changed uh, ir- the irrevocably while I was there but it wasn't necessarily because of the Navy uh, I just happened to be there while the rest of the events kind of unfolded around me right I did have a friend of mine who was uh, well let me preface this by preface this by saying that I was a nuke a uh, nuclear engineer means that you're constantly training and constantly trying to do better in your uh, qualifications than before. You just right. you're always climbing, and for some people that was just it was too much. It it broke a lot of people. Um, There's rumors going around that suicide rates with uh, some of the younger nukes uh, was higher than any other time in the enterprise. I mean, uh, and it, if it hadn't been for the fact that we saw this one guy jump off the ship. While he was PTing, like he was just doing laps around the hangar bay, and then he just went da, 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 leap right in the water. Uh, we would have lost, yeah, we would have lost him. And it was the pressure; it was the pressure that got to him. So Jeez. it wasn't it, it it wasn't bullets, it wasn't you know explosions and everything, but it was it was the the pressure of being told that you're not good enough and you have to do better. And if you ever fought, if you ever fell to a point where you Like, say, oh, I don't know, your depression caused you to get, like, a whole bunch of weight and, like, maybe not bathe as much as you wanted to uh, because you were just feeling downtrodden and beat down. Uh, They kind of see you and uh, as a person, well, we'll just push you off to the side and when we can get you off the boat later, if it's feasible, we will. Wow. And so he took matters into his own hands. He was airlifted out, like, a couple of days later after he had suicide watched in Medbay. So the military can be rough for a whole bunch of different reasons. And it's not necessarily in times of war. And then I wasn't really necessarily thinking about coming on here for therapy, but (laughs) uh, you were mentioning that uh, this kind of trauma, which um, as you find out, it's not just torture, you know, it's also, uh, you know, unwanted sexual advances that he felt that he had to, to do to survive. Well, um, you know, something in my life, and my past came to light as I got older, I started having these uh, kind of memories of something and I confronted the person uh, who I thought uh, did it. And uh, she was open with me and let me know. It was like, I did, I was not in the right space. I, the medicine that I'm on right now has definitely made my mind clearer and whatnot. And the moment that she opened up to me and we had a a, a cogent conversation because I was past the anger at that point. I was just curious. Yeah, but it was coming up in like really weird, like the time that they came up, it would make me freeze. Maybe not as bad as Tyler did on the ship. You know, I wouldn't sit there and like go into a cold sweat or anything. But you know, I it, it would catch me up in reveries. I'd be in the middle of work and just going, "Did that actually happen?" Shit. Wow. And so talking with her, it helped. It, it it helped. It was it was a family member. Um, and she, I mean, she was she was tore up about it. Like we didn't, we, we never really broached any kind of conversation in that deep before. And I'm not going to say that, uh, our relationship's any better for it, but yeah, I, I'm just glad that I at least got to talk to the person who, you know, kind of shaped some of my, ment- <laughs> some of my mentality. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I wasn't expecting about talking about that today, but Hey, you know, gotta, gotta relate somehow.
0: Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for being willing to uh, come on and discuss and discuss these things. I do feel like, you know, we we have a really great time on the show talking about, uh, you know, all things and, you know, making all manner of silly jokes and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like Star Trek is a is a human experience and there's things, there are two sides to every coin. Like it's not all jokes all the time. Uh, and, and I am so appreciative that you felt, uh, comfortable enough to talk about your experience, uh, not only in the military, but, uh, you know, in your personal life and how these things have affected you. Um, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Uh, from my own experience, uh, you know, I, I count myself very lucky to have um, not receive, not been on the receiving end of a lot of direct uh, physical abuse. Um, most of the stuff that I've experienced in my life in terms of trauma has been uh, mental and emotional sure. in terms of my experience in law enforcement. Um uh, you know, it it is, it is my former profession. Um, I, I feel that I was lucky enough, strong enough, smart enough, whatever combination to, uh, not to, to say, you know what, enough's enough and, uh, was able to leave. And it was,
1: and that's a strength within itself, man. I,
0: I appreciate that. It's, it's, yeah, it, it was not fun because the, the, triggering event for me, which ended up being the final straw, was going through a case. And uh again, I'll spare many of the gory details. Right. But as a as a paralegal, I was going through a criminal defense case, uh, which involved me reviewing all the evidence. Well all the evidence was uh body cams and dash cams um of an officer dying oh man and totaling 117 so i got to watch this officer die 117 times not only did i, know, I watch dude. it i had yeah i had to take detailed notes on it and i was going home at the end of the day with tremors in my hand and you know and i
1: hesitate to use a, a, a tabletop reference dude but that's that's psychic damage that's what that yeah. is yeah, yeah uh like I don't i don't know have you ever have you ever seen what happened to saddam did you ever see his final video
0: um i've heard and i think i saw a couple of still shots it's yeah uh i
1: yeah. stumbled across that one time on the internet um it now lurks rent-free in my head uh oh. times where you happen to see like a car accident happen in front of you It yeah. d- it has that same thing like i I went home and this this truck didn't watch what he was doing, and he like he he put this mail truck for a ride. It flipped like four times and landed in someone's yard. And like I I thought it was okay because in the back of my mind I'm like it didn't happen to me. Yeah. But then I got home and that's when I started shaking, you know. And I just I, I I had to process it, so I wound up making like a TikTok video of it, telling people you know psychic damage is real, you know, and make sure that if you have anxiety in your chest get it out and talk to somebody, even if you don't think that they're listening, saying it makes it so much smaller. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, that's rough. I can't yeah. imagine 117. Jesus. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah.
0: Well, cause uh, you know, to kind of get into a little, a little bit of behind the scenes of how those types of things work. When a call goes out that there's an officer in distress, the entire department responds. Yeah. And because certain jurisdictions overlap with other jurisdictions, okay. a lot of the radio signals also overlap. So it might be a county officer. So you'll you'll get county officers responding. If it's in a city, you'll also get the city officers responding. If it's on uh, a highway, you're also going to get highway. That's patrol. how many. That, that's why all those. Oh, yeah. All right. It, and it was everybody. It was everybody. Wow. And yeah, so it's it, it, that ended up kind of being that ended up kind of being the last straw for me. It was just, I, I just can't do it anymore. And, uh, you know, and I was, and my wife was seeing it too. She was like, You're, you're just miserable. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, wow. yeah, I am. She's like, Let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and call it quits. Go ahead and punch out and, uh, you know, and things and and uh, you know, my work suffered for it, and my boss saw that, and he made, he made the decision that he made the decision that a good boss would of like, we can't do this anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to let you go, and I and right. it was one of the it was one of the rare times where I was fired, but it was such a it was such a relief. <laughs> I breathed so I slept great <laughs> that night. I was just like, I don't have to go back. Yes. <laughs> I felt like I won.
1: Right, <laughs> I got fired.
0: And I felt like I won. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the videos that you do on TikTok and helping people. Uh, you know, putting putting the word out there. There's a lot of great resources. Um, uh, <clears throat> and I'll try to you know include some of those links for folks in the show notes. That's a great idea. Uh, you know that if if you're if you're dealing with something. Just speak it, you know, make it, make it smaller. It, yes. It's not going to, it's not going to fix stuff. You're not going to fix, you're not going to cure things, but you can, you can make them smaller. And I, and I, and I appreciate you saying that. Cause I, I feel like that's going to, that's such a big step in the right direction of like, Oh, you can make it smaller. You can. Um, I think that's a wonderful approach to that. Have you, have you dealt with a lot of this, you know, these types of things in making the videos that you do on TikTok of uh, the sitting with you
1: well sometimes a certain video will catch me in the right feelings uh and where it brings up a memory or for for instance actually i was sweeping off the back driveway yeah. and the the memory of uh my aggressor i guess you could call her uh and the the stuff that had occurred between uh, her and I, the abuse, uh, mm-hmm. it just kind of it kind of hit me, and I found myself. I'm, I mean, I'm you know 39 years old at this time. I had uh, brought this out and already aired this dirty laundry with her 20 years previous, right? And it still it stopped me, and I'm just sitting there with a broom in my hand, just like staring off into the distance. And so what I what I did is I used that energy. It 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 wasn't. energy that I felt that everybody was going to resonate with. But at that point, I knew I had a small platform, it was like 6,000 people at the time. And I know a lot of them are young kids who, you know, maybe they they haven't suffered uh, abuse per se, but they're going through anxiety in general. And it's freezing them or it's making them do worse at school. And they feel like nobody has ever understood what anxiety is. And so I put that video out. I told, I told him exactly what had happened to me. I said, the reason that I'm saying this is because if I keep this in my chest now, it's going to eat at me later. And I don't care if anybody likes this video. I don't care if anybody comments on this video, but I know my words are out there and I'm not going to have to fight this alone. And I got some favorable responses to that for people going, well, it was a mix. It was, it was people going, oh man, sorry, you're having a bad day to this speaks to me so much. Thank you for putting your words out there. Yeah, and it was it was a little bit. It wasn't. It didn't even gain that much traction. That video didn't. But when a certain song comes on, uh, "Hate uh, Hate Me" by Blue October, yeah. I have two song two videos reacting to that song because every time it comes around, that song just hits me like right here and like some maybe like some unresolved guilt for a way that I uh, like I I don't think I aired everything out with my father, and I, yeah, it's too late now, you know. And yeah. so those feelings come out when I hear that song and it's not necess- the, the, it's not the words it's just the feeling of the song. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh the I I did a video where I'm like just lip syncing to one of the 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 more popular uh uh chorus parts and like the real emotion that's in my face while I'm doing it like I'm I'm getting a little getting a little emotional now just thinking about it cuz I was I was feeling it then I'm feeling it now. Yeah. And so this kind of interaction with somebody is invaluable it's yeah. it's it's so important so if anybody hears this and they see those links that you are happen to put up and you need somebody to talk to my my god talk to somebody yeah, don't keep it somebody. in yourself
0: yeah oh gosh no you know it makes me think of stuff like generational trauma um you know i haven't made a big thing about this but uh we recently had a death in the family my wife's grandmother passed away she was very old and not in the best of health. So we kind of knew that this was coming, but it, it still is, is a rough thing to deal with. But, you know, we were looking at things, um, like generational trauma and the initial concept to me was presented by a friend of mine, uh, of generational trauma. I was like, I don't know that that's a thing, but the more I go along and look at things like that, when you talk about seeing, seeing the, uh, traffic collision in front of you, And it affecting you later. I feel like that's that not only can trauma be generational, but it's, it also has quite literally some ripple effects. Like it is actually, it actually manifests physically and affects people around who are literally in the vicinity of that. Now, how people deal with that, you know, is uh, up to the person, but. It, it's such a fascinating uh concept and I, I I don't even really feel that I'm uh qualified to comment on a lot of it other than the <laughs> fact that I find it incredibly fascinating. And again, we've we've said it, we're gonna reiterate it, reiterate it again. if you've had this trauma or 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 a, whatever trauma that you've had um and it's and it's inside you, please talk to somebody. uh write it down. Um, just get it out, get it, get it out and make it smaller. I I love that concept. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about the other person in the room with Tyler is Admiral Cornwell, who I, I I recently talked with uh, a comedian, uh, Patrick Cunningham about the interaction of Laurel and Admiral Cornwell, who, the concept of, you know, in Star Trek, we see a lot of the high ranks, the captains, the admirals, and they yeah. just are captains and admirals. We rarely get a look at them in lower ranks. Yeah. But, you know, here we've had a couple glimpses every now and then, you know, Janeway was a science officer. Uh Picard was also a science officer. Uh you know Sulu who became a captain started as helmsman right uh, the whole thing so uh you know Cornwell we learned that she was starfleet medical not only was she starfleet medical she was a psychologist which i find super fascinating um her having to give treatment and aid yeah. while taking fire <laughs> Um, this, this emotional is, triage <laughs> yeah, <laughs> under duress. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, you know, any any thoughts to how Cornwell dealt with Tyler in this particular it, while taking fire?
1: Uh, well, I think she understood uh, the assignment, and that was uh, hand holding was not going to save their lives. Yeah. So, just you know, realism, just trying to bring him back into the moment. And there's a, there's a certain way of dealing with somebody when they have uh, panic attacks mm-hmm. and that's forcing them to focus on something real immediate in front of them because it draws their brain out of themselves. Huh. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the first things that I've learned when, when I, whenever I had my first panic attack by the age at the ripe old age of 30, uh, my birthday gift was a panic attack. It was great. Oh. Uh, <laughs> After that, I told myself I needed some coping mechanisms, and it, it like sometimes they say uh, either focus on a person, focus on a spot on the floor, whatever it is, find something and start assessing it—the yeah. color, the shape, whatever it is—and so mm-hmm. that's what that's what was happening. You know, she's like, "What you got going on? Horrible. But if you could focus on that for just just two minutes, I I, I think you're going to be able to save our lives." And she's in there, you know, tore up legs. And like I said, uh, the the emotional triage under duress was it, it added some gravitas to that scene. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's yeah, it's it's really it's really fast. I, I remember uh you big comic book guy? You read I, I enjoyed
1: book? myself some comic books, yeah.
0: There was uh there was a comic book series uh years ago. I think I was just out of high school, and it was called Stormwatch Team Achilles and long story it was from dc vertigo um or wildstorm I forget it was from dc regardless regardless gotcha. of the imprint but it basically dealt with a united nations sanctioned um superhuman uh police force
1: okay
0: cool concept yeah uh of course in a post 911 in a post 911 world um so one of the things that they did was they uh There was an an initial thing of being, uh, they had to, there was this terrorist who had, uh, great psychic abilities. So they had to capture him and they were, uh, authorized to actually perform a lobotomy. (laughs) Wow. But he had, he had, uh, this particular terrorist had, uh, some lackeys, some goons, uh, who saw, you know, the, uh, the team you know enter the area and they you know a firefight breaks out but they've got the medical officer who is performing brain surgery under fire and there's a comment that's intense yeah there's a comment by one of the characters who's you know holding off the bad guys basically saying hey we need you to we need you to pick up the pace. You know, we need you to double time. And the, the person looks at them and goes, you know, I'm performing brain surgery while under fire. And the person who's who's returning fire goes, it sounds like a deficiency in training.
1: It <laughs> <And they just laughs> is a you problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly.
0: exactly. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, you know, it's so interesting to see these interactions with these folks. And I would uh, God relish the idea to talk with uh, not only uh, the actors involved, but the writers who came up with this particular scenario. I think that would be what well
1: did they pull that out of? That's what I want to know.
0: Yes, exactly. And, you know, when you're talking about the folks that are involved uh, with these things uh, as we do every week, we always lovingly ask the question, who do we blame? Yes. Now I'm gonna go ahead and say here at the top, this might be the shortest who do we blame section. Uh <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. It's here's here's another uh here's another note for the statistic takers out there who are listening to this show. Uh this might be the shortest one. Uh, somebody's somebody's
1: furiously scribbling down on a on on a clipboard right now they're ready for it
0: (laughs) exactly exactly so into the forest i go was written by Bo yon kim and erica lipolt uh we've actually discussed them and their careers before uh in short treks season one episode three that was the last thing they did in the timeline here that was the episode the brightest star where saru actually gets recruited by lieutenant lieutenant Giorgio. um we actually discussed that with comedian patrick cunningham as i mentioned earlier back on episode 83 the episode was directed by chris byrne uh whose first credit was as a third assistant director or ad if you ever hear people talk about you know first ad second ad third ad uh that's an assistant director on a set um he was a third AD on 18 episodes of The Rez, which is R-E-Z, The Res, uh, which was a spinoff of a 1994 film, Dance Me Outside. And here's a synopsis of that film. Okay. A story of life on a First Nations reserve in Ontario. Silas and Frank are trying to get into college to train to be mechanics, but they find themselves having to deal with girls, family and murder (laughs) so uh yeah i I don't know it's it sounds kind of interesting and it's sure we're throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and and hey enough stuck that they were actually (laughs) able to crank out a film in 1994 so good on them um chris burns first directing however was season four episode three uh, 45 RPM of the series Twelve Monkeys in 2018. Did you ever see the film? Twenty. Uh, I, saw, I
1: saw the film. This is yeah, my, first, film. my first, my first recollect, my first understanding that there was a Twelve Monkeys, uh, show. So that's Gosh, that's uh, interesting.
0: I love you know speaking about people who have you know altered mental states because yeah. of uh, because of whatever thing. I think it might be one of my favorite performances from Brad Pitt where he yeah. explains to Bruce Willis about being crazy or not being crazy. Yeah. I, and I think I'll clip that in right about here. Uh, but yeah, that, that particular episode of 12 monkeys actually features star Trek alum for Tahir, here, who is the captain of the USS Kelvin in oh. the, in the Kelvin timeline in JJ Abrams uh, star Trek from 2009. So that was a fun, a fun thing to find. Nice. Chris Byrne would also go on to do episodes of American Gods, Jupiter's Legacy, and Clarice, available now on Paramount Plus. But this is his first work in the franchise, but not his last. So we will see him again in the not too distant future. So, uh, Michael, let me ask you, like we do every week, we always look at the question. And discuss whether or not this is essential viewing. If somebody is sitting down and watching Star Trek through for the first time, is this an episode that they can skip or is this a must see episode? Is this essential viewing?
1: Uh I, I will say possibly, but I need a little bit of uh background information on Enterprise since I haven't finished it. I was hoping maybe you might be able to tell me. Ah. Uh did uh was there any um <clears throat> I know there's timeline hopping because that's a huge part uh, of what they're doing. Is there dimensional hopping at some point in enterprise?
0: Uh there is dimensional acknowledgement I'll Okay. that.
1: Okay. Yeah. So because of that, because if somebody's watching it from like like how you're presenting it, uh-huh. I would say yes, because it leads into a very important uh whole new side of the coin and oh, and um a whole new think, side uh, yeah, some um,
0: might say a mirror image hmm. <laughs> <laughs> might be uh, and
1: because of that you know i th- i think it's important because you know it gets kind of dumped on uh on you later uh in you know other episodes you know it's like uh-oh transporter malfunction you know where uh-huh. are we now yeah. Uh but this one I feel like it, it it established it that way when you get to see it later, you acknowledge exactly how different things are on the other side. So oh, yeah. I would say yes. I would say yes. And and watching watching like somebody grow to be a villain in front of your eyes as things happen, uh, I think that's important too. So I'm gonna say yes. Watch yeah,
0: it. I yeah, I think you're you're definitely on the right path. I think. And I've spoken you know, at length, and I will continue to do so, especially during our coverage of Discovery, that because Discovery is a water cooler show, basically the first official right out of the gate serialized Star Trek, there's yeah. not a lot of episodes you can really skip. Even some of the bottle episodes are so heavily tied into what is going on in the overall narrative. It's kind of yeah, but- hard to skip anything in Discovery. Um, that being said, uh, not only do I think this is important in terms of the overall narrative, but I think this is important in a lot of different character arcs, specifically, as we mentioned, Ash Tyler. Yeah. Um, but I also think this is important. Um, again, I, my love for Admiral Cornwell is growing. The more, the yeah. more she appears, it is, uh, you know, she she is a great character uh, with multiple layers. I I, you know, I hope we see a lot more of her. Um, you know, not only Ash Tyler's relationship, but also uh, or I should say not only Ash Tyler's character, but also his relationship with Laurel. I think this is an important this is an important thing to see happen here. Um if you're following you miss miss this
1: and you try to jump in later. You're, you're, you're going to be a little lost. You're going to be a little floundering.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we didn't even really discuss the idea of uh, we get our we get we get Klingon nudity uh, at yeah. least a little bit. It's, it's yeah, it's a little, I, you know, we weren't necessarily expecting that, but it's kind of, you know, in terms of production, like we've seen some we've seen Discovery take some interesting steps in terms of yeah. what they do what would not necessarily be okay on network television is yeah. okay here because of it's a streaming service. We've had, we've had some cursing. Uh, now we've got a little bit of, uh, Klingon nudity and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see how new Trek progresses with the idea of, I'll say looser, more loose restrictions. Yeah. Um, because you know, we, and,
1: and I was thinking about this when you were talking about earlier about how they never really addressed uh, a male uh, going through this kind of trauma response. Yeah. And I don't think it would have flown in earlier, uh, uh, in earlier television, you know, back when we yeah. were forced to watch commercials like Pleb's
0: right <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh but yeah this yeah so i'm i'm going to agree with you I, I think this absolutely is essential viewing not only uh for the overall narrative but for a lot of the uh the character interactions here we we really focused on nash tyler which i said we were going to do but there's a lot going on here with stamets and culber yeah and you know we're we're also following you know we're still following Lorca at this point and you know Lorca's an onion that just keeps peeling man yeah (laughs) that guy's very very interesting in terms of uh you know storytelling and whatnot um well folks uh michael thank you so much for uh you know coming on and uh you know, letting, letting us peel your onion as it were. <laughs> and, uh, you know, talking with us about everything that, uh, went on with you involving, you know, your military service and, and the trauma that you've, uh, that you've endured and survived and continue hey, with your life. Um, and we, uh, are so happy that you came on to talk with us and we look forward to you coming on again. Uh, any parting thoughts, um, before we start wrapping it up well uh
1: there are a couple of things that uh i i saw that despite all the seriousness and whatnot um still it's like i said it's a rewatch for me so i got to actually pay attention to details like this some of the sound choices that they used uh yeah. such as the cling the disruptors or uh they're disruptors right that it's, so yeah it's a weird slapping like like, it's lasers, but it sounds like it's also made out of jelly at some point, the way that they slap up against things. Yeah. And um, and then one dude, as he was vaporizing, you hear him cry out. And I'm sitting there and thinking, i like, I don't know about that one. I'm no scientist, <laughs> but if you ain't got lungs, you're not making any sounds. But... <laughs> You know that it adds to the it adds to the spectacle that this new Trek is giving us so I it, it pulls you in you know, it, yeah, when you're sure. first watching it you're not thinking about stuff like that but some things are, are worth a second watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else. Uh, I think that's it as far as
0: this show. Well, folks, uh, you might want to check out our Patreon page because he just designed us a new t-shirt. Next week, we will be joined by pop artist Sensei Ha for Discovery Season 1, Episode 10, Despite Yourself, which is available exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Michael, where can people find you and your work on the interwebs?
1: So uh, I got a link tree because there's just so many different things that I'm doing. I'm I'm putting out videos. I'm writing. I'm I'm tweeting. Uh, Link tree. So you know how they do Linktree. It's a uh, you know dot ee forward slash sitting with you. And all my links are on there. Um, and uh, on my website, I I linked to uh, a charity that I am wanting to to work with. It's called uh, ripmedicaldebt.org. medical debt org. Just letting people. Uh, have the chance to clear their way out of medical debt and wa- raise awareness that you can ask for itemized bills when you go to the doctor. Don't just take your bills for face value.
0: Nice. And where can people bother you directly on the internet? Uh, you know,
1: I actually set set up myself a Gmail just to avoid all the confusion. So they could just do sitting with you, no G, sitting with you at uh, gmail.com.
0: And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in 10 forward. rate, review, and share on all your favorite platforms. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to Computer Resume Podcasts at com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. And our outro music was provided with permission by Droneode. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And the voice of Computer Resume podcast and executive producer, me, Cat Davis. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time a star trek we're doing (laughs) star trek stuff in space we probably got some phasels and shuttle pods and we're gonna find a brand new race
1: How's that for a slice of fried gold